Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome to a special end of season edition of Stop Hammer Time with me, Mark Sandell, standing in for Phil, who is, in his words, monopolising this evening. Without Phil is tough enough, but without Phil and Jim, just isn't going to happen. So good evening to the man dubbed Stanza Lazaridis, the poet of this podcast, Mr. Jim Grant. Hello, good evening. And also, we can't do the pod with just one mark, so we went through our extensive contacts book and arrived at G for Gower and thought, that'll do nicely. So welcome, Mark Gower. Hello, everyone. So coming up, we'll have our verdict on the season. We'll do our end-of-season awards, or the Phillies, as they're always known every year. I know a lot of people tune in for this one particularly to find out who's won won the Phillies. Um, We'll reflect on fond farewells to Mark Noble and Yarmolenko and maybe Stuart Pearce. We'll have a look and see who we're already being linked with before making ridiculously premature and bold predictions about next season. But first, Brighton and Hove Albion 3, West Ham United 1. I mean, I love the Amex ground and the welcome we get there, but we've never beaten the Seagulls home or away in the Premier League, and Sunday was no different. Jim and Mark, you were both there. I wasn't, so who cares what I think? Uh, Mark, (laughs) do do you want to kick off? Well, I got there. Re- we got there quite early. We got there an hour before kickoff, which is unusual, and it was a beautiful day. Now that club is too well run; it's too efficient. They shut all the bars outside with forty-five minutes to go, and I'm just like, there was West Ham fans turning up with half an hour before kickoff, trying to get a beer. And they couldn't, and they were just mystified. It was like as mystifying as the queue outside Madame Two Swords. But what what I think they were doing, and why they're so efficient, is just to get people in the ground, and it works. Everyone's in the ground in time. But it was a I, I thought it was a really that that optimism going there with that chance of um, getting six. I was really excited. And um, so the start of it, sunny day, we're down in Brighton. It was lovely. Then the first half, I thought first half was good. I thought um, Brighton had two really good chances at the start. And then Antonio's goal was amazing. 
And then we go in at half time, 1 0. I couldn't see Man United uh, winning at Palace. They're losing. At half time, the atmosphere was amazing. I couldn't get to the bar around the back. It was amazing. And I think I did put on our uh, West Ham group chat what could possibly go wrong. <laughs> But you knew it would somehow. I mean, I I just, uh, I felt some of the writing was on the wall. The first half was a reasonably even game. Um, But the goal did did sort of come slightly out of nothing. It was a a fantastic strike. Um, I've got to admit, I haven't haven't seen the game back. Unusually for me, I I took it quite hard. I was really disappointed, I've got to say. And... uh, I've struggled. I haven't rewatched it or or, or looked at it much, so I'm going a little bit on just kind of memory in the moment. But I felt they carved us open several times far too easily in the first half. Um, Solly March, I think a kind of underrated player in many ways, had Cresswell on toast. I thought, and we really struggled down down our left to contain them. Um, and they, you know, they're a decent side. I mean, you know, look at where they are in the league. I think Pod has done a fantastic job. And I think he absolutely did a tactical number on us half time, brought on Mopai, um, went, went, went more attacking. Um, and we let's, let's just remember they beat, Tottenham at, they beat Tottenham and Arsenal away in this in their, in yeah. their final games. Yeah, their yeah. home form's not been that great. That's the one thing you would, you would, from their point of view, but disappointing. And the one thing that you know, suggested we might, we might, we, we might, and perhaps should have done better. But um, yeah, the second half was really disappointed. We were really, we were really poor. weren't at it. Didn't really respond to their tactical changes. Um, a late triple substitution that was never going to make any difference at all, was it? You know, um, I, 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 yeah, we didn't have uh, didn't have a response really, to be honest. And then, oh, you know, the third goal was just. Salt in the wounds. Um, it it's wasn't a three-one defeat, you know. In that no. sense, you know, it was a you know a one-goal difference. But but they, you know, we just didn't properly turn up second half. It sort of sums up a little bit when um, talking about the tight squad, how that was exposed again. A tight squad. Totally. You've got our best eleven. There's no changes uh, that will actually players coming off the bench. And the three that came on, I've got sort of a varied degree of sort of soft spots for. Uh, but those three coming on aren't going to change games. He's having to change a system to bring those three on. Uh, Johnson, Noble and Yarmolenko. Yeah, yeah. None of that. If it was the other way around and three that went off were coming on, I yeah. think I would have been quite excited. But nothing's really going to change. And we, I think we do at times, and I think we're going to get back to, we're going to speak about, I really enjoyed the season. I've loved it. But again, when teams do sit back a little bit deeper, we can't, we really find it hard to sort of unpick a back four, get through when they're sitting behind the ball, that little bit of trickery, we just haven't got what we want what we don't always want, but Man City, when we scored those two goals, there's space behind where Bowen and Antonio can get behind and run at players. That's the sort of space we need. But um, that's why I think we sort of struggle against teams like, well, we've always struggled against Brighton. Yeah, we've definitely got a good game plan against teams that play with a high line. Um, you know, we've got some pace in Bowen and Antonio. We've got some... Um, you know, we, we've got a pattern of play that 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 that, um, that suits that, and you're absolutely right. We've dropped points, vital points, against 
teams, particularly at home, and goes Southampton, Brentford, Leeds, teams mm. that, you know, you, you, you really feel we should have, you know, if we, if we are seriously thinking about being a top six side on a consistent basis, you have to, you have to pick up those, those points. And, it, you know, it's great. There's, it's great beating Chelsea and, and Liverpool at home, you know, and, and, and lifting your game for that. But the bread and butter is beating the teams below you and around you. And, and, that we we have we have struggled a, a little bit with this season. Just to endorse uh, Mark's point, I mean, obviously I was watching at home and watching everything unfold. I wasn't there, but what you saw was teams in tough situations, and they were able to bring players off from the bench. And clearly, Liverpool, Man City are obviously examples, but even Leicester. You know, there were teams like that who could. I don't mean that disparaging to Leicester, but what I mean is they could. They were able to bring players on to change things. And as you say, we had a fun farewell to Noble and and, and Yarmolenko. Um, and Ben Johnson is kind of well, fair enough. You know, great, but as you say, he's not going to change a game for us. Mm-hmm. And for a long time this season, it seemed to be that our only thing was the Lanzini Ben Rama thing, whichever way that worked, was that one of them had to come on and kind of influence it. And, we, and it, I do, obviously, I've only watched the highlights. We looked, we looked knackered. Mm. Yeah, Jay did definitely. I, I, I felt I, I, I couldn't understand. I mean, Moyes was quite critical of the players afterwards, and very critical actually for him. Um, I was going to come on to that. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I, I'm going to. I don't often criticise Moyes, but I think he's dropped some clangers this season. Um, and and we've mentioned it at the time. I, I, you go back to you know the odd call to bring on Noble to take that penalty against Man United, for example. Um, and I thought, I didn't understand what we were doing tactically or, or, or the mentality. Or, you know, He's got a young, um, fairly prolific in, in under-23 football striker on the bench in Ockerflex. Mm. It's a cup tie, basically. It was a cup tie. We knew mm. what was going mm. on at, at Crystal yeah. Palace. It didn't matter if we lost the game chasing it. We should have gone balls out to try and score in mm. in the second half, and we just kind of were on sort of a kind of autopilot, really. And when you when you think of the Man City game, and you know when we're bizarrely two 0 up, having had about eight percent of the possession, <laughs> every, everybody was saying at half time, if we could just keep it tight for 10, 15 minutes, and it must have been the same at Brighton for the second successive game. Yeah. We can see really early on in the second half. Mm. Yeah, I suppose mentally they, they were perhaps caught between two sort of stick or twist, two two stalls really. Do we kind of sit on that lead and try and... But we've not... It's not West Ham, is it? Even under Moyes, that kind of game management thing where you uh, you guard, you know, jealously guard a, a single goalie. It's never been something we... We just didn't... We don't have the quality of defenders, I don't think, to be able to do it really. We don't have... We don't we don't get enough possession as well. I mean, you, you if, if you're going to play that kind of game, you have to dominate a bit of possession, don't you? Really? Yeah. Um, I think it, it was at the start of the season. I think at the start of the season we could manage games out, but I found lately we haven't. I thought like when we've been in front and a goal's gone in before the halfway point of the season, I was quite confident that we'd hold on to it. We'd score a goal, we'd quite confidently hold on to it. But I found later on, later in the season, we'd let one in and I just saw us, I just saw, yeah, the old West Ham sort of crumbling. We didn't have that resilience where we talked a lot about in previous pods about the resilience of this side. And we just haven't seen it in those sort of last games. I suppose holding out against Man City, we showed a bit of resilience there. Um, that that, that uh, uh, 
positive squad. Uh, we top the table for the fewest number of changes in the course of the yeah, season. Well, Nine times we started with an unchanged lineup. I know it's a ridiculous thing, but Chelsea at no on no occasion did they start with the same lineup from their previous week's game. I think Liverpool only did it twice. You know, and we we we've we made I think something like sixty changes in the whole season, mm-hmm. and it just shows. And yeah, I take your point, Jim, completely about you know Ockerflex and it was a cup tie and all that kind of thing. But has he come on at all, Ockerflex, this season? Or? No, it would have been his no. debut. Mm. We've yeah. had Perkins has come on, hasn't he, and, and played yes. um and um, Chester's. You know, well, it's it's not that Moyes doesn't give young players a chance. I don't think it, it's not that. I, I just felt. There was this kind of strange failure to kind of seize the moment and go, well, crikey, you know, we, we, we've gone, to, we've you've gone, you know, uh, two one down. Just chuck, chuck the kitchen sink at it. I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't think that it was obvious those those substitutions were not going to make any kind of difference to the way the game was going. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And before the game, the discussion was, so I was with a um, best friend, uh, a Brighton fan, and he was talking about how they might set up. And there was lots of way uh, Potter would be sort of playing with formation, weren't quite sure who the lineup would be. And I just said, you will know exactly who our 11 going to be. You're going to know exactly how we're going to play. And there's a point where I'm sort of, I agree with you, Jim, about that was a, that was a, a sort of cup final that we need to win. Uh, but at times during the season, where you can pick that, you can pick that team with your eyes uh, eyes closed. Um, and Moyes hasn't got, didn't have that many options uh, during the season. So you, that was the side we had to sort of put out. But it was very, it becomes we become very predictable. We didn't have another way really of playing. Yeah, it's the opposite extremes. Quite so, quite often in the past. You know, you, you've worried that managers don't know what their best team is. You know that 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 uh, um, you, you know they 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 can't settle on what the what the best. You know, and, and it's there's a you often had that feeling with kind of you know Allardyce was just kind of was was rolling the dice really, wasn't it at times? Mm. Um, I felt that way with with, with a number of managers. Um, so it's nice to it's nice for managers to kind of know who the best team is to know what the but you have to you have to have especially in the kind of season that with with 50 odd games in it you've got to have the the flexibility and and the strength and depth to be able to give players a rest to be able to change things tactically mm-hmm. in game um and and obviously you know it, it, if it, this is part of a project we hope and we'll probably talk about kind of transfer rumors and 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 so on and you've just got to hope that 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 process of of of, of bringing strength and, and and a bit of depth and a bit of flexibility or versatility is gonna is gonna begin in the in the summer or continue in the summer. Can I, uh, can I ask? Can I ask you both as again? Obviously, as I keep repeating, I wasn't there. Firstly, what was the ten minute period like when it looked like we were going to be in the Europa League? What was the atmosphere like? And secondly, <laughs> conversations with fans on the way out. How? What was the level of sort of disappointment? It was it, at half time. It was brilliant. It yeah, was absolutely brilliant. Brother went to the bar early, and I couldn't even get down there. I couldn't even get that. There was singing, European tour. It was just a celebratory atmosphere. It was. It was amazing. And then, um, and then it all it all changed. Yeah. 
someone hit me on the head with a giant inflatable penis. <laughs> that good. Just another day out at the seaside, then, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, I, just one thing from looking at the highlights. So, could Fabianski have done better with, you know, I mean, definitely. The, the, the received wisdom yeah. seems to be Ariola will take over as our number one next year. Yeah. Well, I thought you made um, two good saves, didn't you, in the first half? So, where we, in the way, we didn't see any of the goals. So, all the goals were down the other end. So, it was mm. very hard because I didn't realise that it went through Fabianski until I saw the highlights. Um, so, I didn't see that. But he did make a couple of good saves in the first half um, that sort of kept us in it because I thought Brighton looked really lively in the first half and two really, really good chances. And then, as Jim said earlier, uh, Antonio's goal, which is up there, I think, he, I saw a tweet saying that it's his first goal for us outside the box and it's taken it four hundred and. Yeah. shots to get to score a goal from outside the box but it was an absolute cracker and it did sort of it came from nowhere yeah it's yeah. interesting that that you know he's he's scored a few uh towards the end of the season when he's not played midweek as well as at the weekend and um you know it's it's vital that i i, I think one way or another that you've got to look back at the january end and say not to get somebody in, at least on yeah. loan, yeah. who could take the burden away from um, from uh, Antonio and to, to a lesser extent Bowen um, uh, up front. Um, cost us definitely. I think. Yeah. And, and and it's not taking away anything from either of them because their work rate, both of them, has been oh, exemplary yeah. throughout. Yeah, yeah. And when Antonio's yeah. not scoring, his contribution is massive. I mean, it's yeah. just super. Yeah. Okay, well, look, we'll um, we'll uh, we'll come back and we'll look at we'll we'll decide our verdict on the season. Uh, was it so near so far, or was it, as Mark said, just really enjoyable throughout? And we'll come back to that after these messages. So. If you were to sum it up in one sentence, Jim, the season that's just taken place, I bear it in mind it's still a bit raw from from the <laughs> game at the Amex. Go on, oh. overall, overall, oh. how are you feeling about it in in the round? In the round and overall, I think uh, I'm pleased. I've enjoyed it. It's been entered. There's been some fantastic football and some fantastic matches, um, but it's a bit like. You know, because because we have slipped away and things have slipped through our fingers in such a frustrating way towards the end of the season, you are left with a feeling, curiously, of disappointment. But I think, in a way, it's good disappointment because you know we got to the semi final of a, of a of a major European competition. We came very very close to getting Europa League football two seasons running, and and you know if you were told that that is as they say, you know if you were told that that was what was the in store for the end of the season at the beginning of it, you'd have said, well, yeah, that would be, that would be great. But one day we're going to catch up with this person who tells you what's going to happen. And then, <laughs> and, and, then, and, then, and then, and then gives us the option whether to accept it or not. You know? and, but every year we keep missing them out. But you I mean, for, for those European games, uh, uh, most of our crowd went to Mark. Mark played host and, uh, and, and thank you. And there were fabulous evenings of it. When we got knocked out by Eintracht, when we were coming back, my boys are 18 and 15. In fact, Oliver's been on this podcast. Um, 
and they were kind of angry. They were, they were, you know, they were, they were almost resentful about, you know, they were annoyed with Cresswell and, you know, and, and and I had to sort of say to him in the in the Uber on the way home, you know, I was kind of look, this isn't one of the worst two hundred nights I've had as a West Ham fan. You know, <laughs> I can I can reel off Stockport, Mansfield, you know, Torquay, yeah. the six nils, the seven one. Yeah, I was I was at the Oldham, the six nil. You know, the relegations, the you know, Luke being yeah. three nil up and losing four three at home. You know, I've been through all this. This is by yeah. no means a bad night. In a way, it says how far we've come because the last two years they've seen. A bit different. Mark, how would you see this season? I think that's really interesting. I think um, from experience, like with, with a bit of distance, the pain sort of disappears and you do remember the sort of fond memories. The sort of pain does go. And um, so I look back and I just, I loved it. So, but, and there were nights when we weren't at the ground. So like you were saying, when we were here for the Leon game um, away, what what a great night, 3-0. What yeah. a fantastic night that then, because it was a bank holiday. Friday, I think, was a bank holiday, was it? Because we, we were up till half one. It, it was during half term, that's for certain. Oh, was it half term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 half term. That was, well, that meant I, <laughs> I, 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 I was in Leon because it was half term, I mean, I could go. And that is up there with one of my, that's in my top five nights as a West Ham fan. Oh, that, amazing. Yeah. That was. I, I, you know it, everything about it bumping into people I bumped into a guy I'd not seen in years hugging strange <laughs> strangers you know the sense of family that that kind of bonding that you get in those European away games um that sort of you know sort of um uh, you know that, that kind of mentality of really being bribe yeah that camaraderie. And, 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 the and performance Jim, was astonishing you know yeah. just you, know. you say you say that's you know um, quite rightly I imagine you know that that's one of your top five West Ham memories of all time, and this yeah. came after we'd already beaten Chelsea and Liverpool at home. Yeah. We'd already yeah. beaten Seville. We'd knocked Manchester City out of the League Cup, and yeah. that is one of your top five memories. Yeah. And that's what yeah. you have to kind of you have to mm. put this yeah. season into a bit of context. Yeah, I, I think you they're do. the memories. You do. Yeah, that. So with a bit of time, they're the memories going to have because I love that city. Uh, the Carabao, uh, Carabao Cup. Oh, I love that. The penalties, nil-nil, where we really held on there. And to win on penalties, oh, God, we stayed yeah. stay for a long time celebrating. Uh, and so that was a great night. And <laughs> like I say, like beating Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs. They were, they were amazing. Man City. But the did, Liverpool did, win did, was particularly brilliant, wasn't it? Because it was yeah. so well-deserved. We genuinely beat them we played better than them absolutely um, we, we, you know, despite, uh, the, yeah. despite yeah. the fact Jurgen Jür- Klopp wasn't un- was unable to see that but never mind yeah. um, but when you you mentioned it Jim earlier you talked about you know those last minute defeats uh, against Brentford the Chelsea game all those kind of things we we lost 14 games this season the season before we only lost eight actually uh, you know Chelsea and Liverpool uh, you know Man, Man United, I think, might have lost more, you know, and they came, you know, finished in the top four. When you think about that, those six extra defeats, Brentford twice, Leeds at home, Southampton mm. at home, yeah, you know, uh, failing to beat Brighton again twice, you know, in a way, that's what that's what's cost us. Because although we're, 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 we're luxuriating in those fantastic memories of Masuaku's goal against Chelsea and Zuma's winner against Liverpool... 
But it was those yeah. games when we walk away and think, how have we managed well, to lose three two to Southampton? I'm going to mention. I'm going to mention one name, and it's a bittersweet uh, mention because it is to do with that Liverpool game. I'm going to say Ogbonna. Yeah, yeah. And I honestly feel that his loss um, added to other problems and injuries in central defence as well. But fundamentally, he's 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 the defensive rock. Mm. And uh, I think we we partly fell away. Not oh, there are other reasons as well that we already mentioned about squad depth and tiredness and so on. But one of the reasons we fell away is that is that we we lost him and and had no natural left sided central defender to come in and um, and replace him. Um, and I, again, you know, may arguably that's something that should have been looked at in the in the transfer window as well. But uh, I think that costs. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly think if if we'd have had Old Bonner fit for the whole season, um, I suspect we'd be Europa League champions, and I suspect we'd be playing the Euro, well, we'd be playing Champions League maybe with that. And I think we'd have finished top five or six. Yeah. yeah, we've just certainly been closer to Arsenal and Spurs than we've ended up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we can deal with some of these when we come to the Phillies. That's always, as we know, is is a very special time, uh, you know, on this podcast. Um, just one thing about green shoots, though. You know, looking at the tables, we we finished second in the Premier League two behind Men City, and we finished yeah. second in the under eighteen South behind Southampton. And you think, well, okay, there's some good stuff coming through, and. You know, I'm thinking about Moyes' criticisms at the end of the Brighton game. I'm hoping that that means, right, you know, this is not West Ham as we have been used to it over these last couple of years. I'm hoping that there's a kind of sense there that, right, OK, I've gone as far as I can with this. Something's going to change. And it might be nice if we reflected some of those kids. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's another... Back, go on, there's, sorry, Mark. Um, there was another part of what really sort of I enjoyed about the season because it was the first time I started I started bringing my uh, teenager now moody teenager. What was your um, gym? You call your teenager? Yeah. So yeah. I've uh, um, she's now yeah very moody teenager. But <laughs> we we went away a lot this season and it was a great way. So the first game we went went up to uh, to Everton this year. So we stayed overnight in Liverpool. Great, um, great city to go to. And then I was warning her, well, we never win here. We never win. So our first away game, we win at uh, Goodison Park. And so there was part of that going to away games. And um, she started thinking about it. it was quite, so the, just the, that bonding with her has been brilliant. And she's coming up, she's going to start to set up top trumps of away grounds which I quite like and but her categories are quite interesting she's got how close we can park to the ground which is always good the people she was really fun when we went to uh wolves uh the lady that served as food in Asda she really liked she was very polite so there was the people is a big thing she didn't like the wolves fans um which which is quite interesting but yeah for that that for me going away and then we got on, we were, so we we're on this treadmill trying to get more points so and I thought I really that at the start of the season like how well we were playing I really got an inkling we were gonna we were gonna get to a final so that was part of that going away and that all right bonding with my daughter it was getting points so we'd get to a final 
we could there's a, there's a book there's a book there's a book in that mark i think yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i just just yeah. it's, uh it's not the same in any way as that you know uh that story but the opening game at newcastle my, my best mate is a newcastle fan 25 years he's been my best mate and uh I've missed a couple of games and we've actually won. This was the first time I saw us win. We conceded after eight minutes or something. Was it Callum Wilson? And I just thought, here we go. It's the same old story. And boy, we destroyed him. And that walk back into the Irish bar at the Gallagate end at the end was, it was almost worth 25 years' wait, almost. Especially in the Mist, Ben. And in fact, we had a beer with Eugene, didn't I? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And Phil. Especially that goal, that Mist, Ben. And then Suchek yeah. getting the um, getting the rebound, that was brilliant. Yeah. And I should have been yeah. up there with you. And I was like, oh, with your old teammates, Mark. But anyway, we're trying. We'll, we'll, at least Newcastle have you know stayed up, so we, we've got a chance to do that again next year. So we can, we're saying goodbye to a few people this year. Uh, obviously, Mark Noble. What did we make of the sort of tone of the Mark Noble farewell at, at the Man City game? Um, uh, is that that feels like a loaded question, Mark? Well, only because I just felt I felt that in a way it should have this is okay, fair enough. I should have just said what I thought straight away, shouldn't I? Yeah. I, I just I thought I thought it was sort of it was a bit sort of maudlin. I, I kind of wanted happiness and daftness and you know and daft scenes in the dressing room and brooms and uh you know uh you know being sent off and all those kind of things. And and that's the kind of a West Ham way. It just felt like we were it, it, uh, I'm not exaggerating, but it felt a little bit like the, the, the guy was seriously ill. He wasn't retiring, you know, and, 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 and it was emotional and lovely, and of course it was, and we got a chance, and it was, and he came out, and it was great, and, and yeah. all that, and he played at the end, and we, and we didn't let him down. We got the two-all draw. We didn't lose as everyone expected us to. It just felt a bit, the Danny Dyer thing felt like he was saying goodbye to Ben Oh, God, yeah. Well, he can't, he can't get out of EastEnders mode, can he? He thinks he's filming a scene... You know, in which his wife is leaving him every every time. Um, <laughs> that was my loaded. Just, that was that was why it was loaded. Jim. No, and I I kind of agree with you. Um, I, 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 not to take anything away from him and from people's oh. affection for him. I think we could talk a bit more about that in a minute. But I just think it's it's the modern world. It's become a more emotive. I'm not sure it's necessarily a, a good or a bad thing. It's just. It's just changing. People express emotion much more freely. Um, and we spent a long time bemoaning the fact that men don't cry and boys don't cry and all that kind of thing. <laughs> and, you know, he's been emotional, wears his heart on his sleeve right the way through. When he, you know, he cried at the end of that, when he was a lad at the end of that 4-3 um, defeat to uh, to Spurs in, in the Great Escape Spurs, season. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, he, he's, he's an emotional bloke, isn't he? Oh, and, and, I'm, and in no way, I'm in no way not in his... Yes, I'm not knocking yeah. out. I think you're right. I, 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 you're absolutely right about, about this. But I just think that's the modern way. I mean, I oh, maybe I'm remembering it wrongly, but I, I, can, I can remember Brooking retiring in, in the mid eighties. I was there. And it, it yeah. seemed to me, it seemed to me that he came out with his wife and his and his kid, and just he waved to everyone, and they gave him a clock. And he went off. <laughs> well, he, he, did, he, he did a yeah. lap of honour. And I always remember... He did a lap of honour. Right, yeah. And he was wearing Dunlop green flash. I remember that. He'd always changed right. out of his boots. And he walked <laughs> around the pitch and he'd been comfortably the best player on the park. We'd lost one minute yes. to Everton. I think yeah. we were in the cup the following weekend. And we thought right. the one player you really 
wouldn't want to be retiring at the end of this was Trevor Brooking. And you're right, he did come out, and it, you're right, it was a sort of came. And he, but was, he, I think he did do a lap of honour, but it was yeah, you, I agree yeah. with you. It, there was there were you, no Danny Dyer videos. Do you think? Uh, well, I'm going to go the answer. I really enjoyed it. Right, I'm an emotional person, and I looked around. Mark, you you had a tear, right? Of course, I, of course I did. I was crying, and I quite like that uh, that emotion. I I, I love seeing him, uh, how emotional he was. Uh, but do you think then, because uh, we've let players go before, and we, we think of Bobby Moore, and how we've treated players in the past, is it? Um, I'm 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 guessing they didn't think like this actually when they did it, but I would be thinking, well, look. Let's not let's learn from our mistakes the way we treated mm. past players. Mm. So maybe, um, but I don't think thinking back at our owners, I don't think that's what they thought about it at all. But I would like I think I wouldn't want to make those same mistakes again because when I look back I at how say Bobby Moore was sort of um let go and I think that's a good point. I think that's I, a very good I, point. I think they're sensitive to fans' feelings about things as, as as well. I mean, there's a degree to which the fat, you know, all the all the emotion around the the, the, the Bodian and the club as it used to be was pretty much fan generated. As I remember, you know, uh, the Kearnses and Brown or whatever, they were very remote figures in the past. They didn't really, you know, they weren't personalities as such. And the club, you know, the, the kind of feel of the club and the emotion in the club was was just came out of the terraces, came out of the fans. Yeah, um, it, it, we generate, and I think. Um, Part of the problem with the move, alongside all the issues on the pitch and stuff, was was a perceived and probably genuine actually lack of sensitivity to that culture yeah. of the club and the feelings of, of the people. And I think they've become a little bit more. There was that slightly ridiculous thing where they started they started bringing in all the historical flags and started waving them around. That was partly a response, wasn't it, to try and do something to mitigate the the, the sort was. of feeling that we've moved to this kind of soulless corporate you know uh new new world that's right and um i think that that's i think they work hard to compensate for that and it's i, a, it's I a, don't blame it's a very good point it's it's a very good point and even people like i mean people were a bit sad that there was no farewell to say ginger pele you know and yeah, you think yeah. well or, or winston reed Mm. Uh, you know, great servants of the club, reasonably not in the same league as Noble, obviously. No, but you know, and I suppose there is that sense. And the only thing, and I'm not blaming the board for this or them getting it wrong, I wasn't sure about the 16th minute round of applause either. Oh, no, where did that come no. from? Yeah. I, I think that it was fan like generated, a... but but it was you know that's what you do for sadly when when a much loved fan has yeah. gone and you know yeah or whatever, you yeah that's a fans thing, isn't it? That I I no I agree. I thought that was a bit weird where that came. It was like you know. One, one too many sugar lumps in your tea, wasn't it, really? It was just like kind of, <laughs> um, yeah, over-egging them. I don't know what the right the right, the right metaphor is, but... I think you hit you it know. there with the sugar. Yeah, yeah that's, that's absolutely um, yeah. OK, but let's, you know, clearly well down the scale. Um, goodbye, Yarmolenko, after, you know, I mean, he scored the winner against Chelsea that kind of arguably helped keep us up, you know, during lockdown. He scored two great goals this year and obviously yeah. there was a wave of emotion uh yeah. you know rightly so um you know he's odd you know because he was so frustrating he was ne- i don't think he was ever described as a fan's favorite would he be yarmolenko i think he was about to become one and yeah. I, okay. 
I think I think he, you can his Achilles injury. You can add to the list of of kind of. I mean, the injury itself wasn't career ending, but in a sense, it 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 it, it changed him as if he was never the same player uh, after it, and. Uh, and and it was just as he was he was scoring regularly, wasn't he? He was linking up with Anatovic. You know, he was yeah. that, that away game at Everton that I went to like on my <laughs> on my own. I remember going um, uh, was just fantastic performance. And yeah, you know, as you say, a place you don't often win. And the way they linked up and and some of the stuff he was doing there, and he had that you know cut inside on get onto his left foot that. Players couldn't, they knew he was going to do it, but they couldn't do anything about mm, it because mm. he had that little kind of snap of pace and that little, you know, just it, all that went really, didn't it? And he became, it just, he just struggled with the pace of, of um, the Premier League, really. Uh, it's a shame. I, I, I feel he could have been a really real cult fan's favourite. Yeah, he could have been, I think. And then I, I think we felt closer to him this season, I think. I think Definitely. That, you know, and partly because of the political situation. Mark, yeah. what were you going to say? Sorry. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Because of the political situation, the war in Ukraine. And so I did wait because I... I felt a little bit sorry for him that day because it was all, everyone's following Mark Noble. And I, I sort of hang on. I waited for Mark Noble to go past until Yarmolenko came along then with his flag. And I think he had the yeah. kids there, his kids there, yeah. just to, right, I'm saying goodbye to you as well. Uh, yeah, I'm pointing my hands over here. Yeah, yeah I want to let you know it's you know. And if he listens to this, I did. He wouldn't have seen me. And I'm guessing he's not listening to this. Um, and it looks like Ryan Fredericks is going back to Fulham. I mean, again, uh, you know, great pace, frustrating crosser. I thought when we got him, I thought we've got a real player here. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so did, he look, uh, did he live up to expectation? Do we think? I know. Again, it, I think injuries have played a part here, haven't they? No, I think he hasn't lived up to expectation, and I, 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 and I think um, uh, he he will look back at, at, at his West Ham career with a, with a, with a to injure disappointment, I would have thought, and a sort of sense of probably, probably, you know, there was that. He's the kind of player who, who um, just as he's getting looking like he's going to get a run inside, gets that niggling injury, isn't he? Just it's just it's a similar, it's a, it's a sort of kind of more spread out version of the Yarmolenko story in a way, isn't it? It wasn't one big bad injury that set him back. It was just that he, he never seemed to. He seemed to be one of those very fast runners who obviously just is on that slight edge of. Stretching muscles, straining muscles all the time, mm. you know, like a sprinter, you know. He had some performances, I thought, at times. Yeah, no, he did, yeah. He looked exciting yeah. when he first arrived. He looked exciting with that pace, which you mm. need in the Premier League. You just need that pace. And I know Phil is um, uh, is a fan, isn't he? He's a great fan of him. Yeah, yeah, great fan of him. Um, but yeah, I don't think he did. Again, maybe... God, this is sort of worrying. The sort of players that we're sort of losing, we're going to get on to who we need yeah. and transfer. Yeah, and we will do. There's holes to be sort of filled. Do and we, he just, can come in and do a job at times. Do we Do we read anything at the Stuart Pierce going? I know there's talk about him potentially. I mean, there's even talk about him possibly being Burnley manager or, you know, but do we, do we because one of the things we have talked about consistently throughout, you know, on, on this podcast is that tremendous strength of backroom staff, that yeah. feeling we've, we've often talked about. You wouldn't want to walk into that dressing room and get on the wrong side of Stuart Pearce or Kevin Nolan or Billy McKinley or Paul Nevin or, you know, 
you wouldn't want to. Do we read anything into that, or is it just you know ambition? I know he wasn't on the touchline in the way, was he? He was always up in the the stand, yeah. but you know, an influential character and got West Ham, I think. Yeah, totally. I was surprised. Um, I was surprised when I heard yeah. it. It took me. It sort of hit me, sort of blindsided me, really. And it just wanted. I sort of wanted to know why, and I. I we sort of you you we sort of uh, sort of digging around for sort of answers to that, and we don't really know, do we? And I just hope it is that he's looking. There's opportunities for him uh, to further develop his career, and that there isn't something underlining. Because I think what what we have loved, also going back to what we've loved about this uh, this season, this team, and the backroom staff, is how much they've looked like they love it. When they um, when we've gotten this podcast before, the joy of scoring a goal, four nails, the, the, the way he celebrates when someone else scores, that the absolute joy, and then the backroom staff, you, you thought they were a really really tight unit, and I just uh, I think by Mark Noble's got a lot to thank for that. I think as well being a player. But hearing stuff coming from, I think we've said it before on this podcast, hearing a player say something to you that you're going to do it, not just always coming uh, from the top yeah. down, hearing a player message because of that story about Lingard when he came over, that's really, so him leaving that, I think it, I think it that diminishes a little bit. If he comes in as a role in a sort of a leadership role or a coach role, that changes that dynamic because he's yeah. them and us still. So that Agreed. connection has, has gone. So it'd be really interesting who who takes up that mantle. Hope, obviously, hopefully Rice. Uh, but yeah, I would hate so the breakup of that camaraderie of that side, but also that strength of the backroom staff, which Stuart Pierce has made it, like you said, Mark, uh, going in and Nolan being there and Stuart Pierce. If you've not, and we're a we're a hard working side, you you think there's not one player like even Yarmolenko, how he's started to come in and how hard he's had to work when he's in the side, and Ben Rama, the shift Ben Rama has had to put yep. in. It's not acceptable to come off and not have given left everything out there. So I just hope. That 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 camaraderie is so important, but both in the playing staff and the uh, coaching staff. I, I mean, it surprised me as well. I think it's difficult to know how to read it, really. But you made a good point in that with him and Noble going. I don't know what you know, Noble might carry on in some some sort of some kind of role. But yeah, losing him from the dressing room as a as a player, they are two old school. You know values of, of 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 respect and hard work and loyalty and passion. We all know about um, Pierce's passion for the game. Um, that that's in, clearly infectious and clearly, you know, uh, hopefully something that, that other other people will kind of step up and and, and maintain. Because there's no doubt that the spirit and the morale of the team has been what's fundamentally what's taken us to these two top seven finishes, you know, you've only got to look at what's going to be going on in Manchester United, Everton, to mm. see that it's not about necessarily how how talented your, what your expected goals are and all the stats and whatever. It's about the heart and passion and commitment and team spirit that, um, you know, that that that, uh, that players have. And, and you could argue in many ways that, that 
um, Guardiola and Klopp's achievement is 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 to keep is to get to engender the same kind of spirit in a group of super top players. Again, yeah. not just that they're the better players; they're mm. also incredibly committed together as a team. And uh, I hope we I hope we don't lose that. On the other hand, you could see it possibly as an opportunity. It might be that Moyes sees it as an opportunity to bring in somebody who's perhaps a little bit more tactically astute and a little bit more younger and perhaps a little more savvy about maybe European football, uh, more of a technician coming into the kind of assistant manager's role. I don't know if that's, you know, I mean, that, that might be a benefit of it. You, yeah. It's difficult to know, isn't it? Yeah, good shout. Um, OK, uh, end of season awards, the Stop Hammer Time end of season awards, as also known as the Phillies. Um, uh, Jim, who would take your Philly? Let's start with best match. What would be your best match? Uh, it's at, well, obviously those so those many big, contenders. I know. Well, there are some good contenders, and there were some. There were some big, but um, oh, see, many. No, it's got to be Leon away. Leon away. Well, also you were there, and that is yeah. clearly going to be a massive figure, yeah. Mark. Well, I wasn't there, but we were here and <laughs> tables got like tables got broken. Cutlery <laughs> got broken. Can I sit does it does it have to be a game I was at? No, 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 not at all. And, and also um, without without shame that night, Mark, in your front room we were singing West Ham are massive, you know, without any shame at all. You know. And my and my wife, who knows nothing about football, started that chant. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was brilliant. That was, that, yeah, that's yeah. Cool. Leon yeah. away, uh, and, and uh, Leon away. I think is, is going to be very, very hard to beat, just in terms of. But uh, if you had to choose a home one, I mean, I did. I love the roar for Masuaku's goal. I think the Chelsea game was was amazing in that respect because yeah, we don't then... usually beat Chelsea, and and it was so out of the blue. And it was we were side on to it, and it was. I just thought that night was magic. You know, uh, I'm going to go. Home I, game. I think the Liverpool one pip, pips it, right? Especially as at that at the time beating them, we were actually right in the top four mix at that time, weren't we? It was you could almost we were almost dreaming of you know being title contenders at that moment. You know, <laughs> uh, it just felt mass. It did feel really massive. That yeah. Moment. Yeah, yeah, I've got to agree with you. Yeah, I've got to agree yeah, with okay. you. Home, um, Liverpool. Do, and with uh, Four Nails, Four Nails goal. And just yeah. him yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. just joy. Well, well, we might as well do best goal then. Come on then, best goal then. Oh, There's a few contenders. You mentioned Antonio against Brighton, yeah, Antonio against Leeds, uh, Newcastle on the opening day, Bowen or Dawson against Leon. Four Nails against Liverpool, you mentioned Lanzini against Palace, uh, Masuaku against Chelsea for sheer comedy, Deck against Zagreb, <laughs> or Deck against Kidderminster, uh, oh, yeah, Yama against it. Seville, Yama against Villa. What, where, are you, where are you going with this, Mark? You go first. Well, I, I did have Deck uh, against Kidderminster. That was, a, that was a big goal for us and a, a good goal. And so strange that he came on, when he came on, that was an attacking that was an attacking option. Um, he was the one that was pushing the game forward. So that was up there. I think and Antonio's last-minute goal against Leeds was brilliant. But I think you can't. There's two, there's, and Lanzini, Man City, 
I missed, we drove, we went up to, didn't drive, we got the train to uh, City. I missed the whole first half. So uh, I saw a game that it ended 1-1 because I saw Lanzini's equalised. <laughs> I didn't see that first goal, that Lanzini goal. But it has to be uh, Lanzini at Palace. I think you can't, I've, I've had a look. Ben Johnson's goal against Villa was good. Yeah. Good strike. But I think. Great, great, great celebration as well. Yeah, great celebration. But I don't think the skill, when you think about a goal, you think, well, could I, sometimes you see a strike from uh, like Antonio, what Antonio did against Brighton. You can do that, can't you? You Sometimes, like if you have thousand <laughs> shots. You might have to speak Mark, to yourself there, Mark. Yeah, you might, <laughs> you might hit one really sweetly. But there isn't anyone, I think, uh, yeah, out of that could be Lanzini. From a curious footballing point of view, from a, as a technical p- piece of skill, that I think that and Lanzini won the official goal, goal of the season, didn't it? For in the West Ham Awards, I, I agree with Lanzini. But I'm going back to that night at uh, Leon. Antonio, who had made two centre half, yeah, they had to double up the centre half something or yeah. something because he'd run them ragged. That little layoff back to four hours of that first time ball because he knew exactly where Boeing was going to be running. Boeing taking it on, looking as though, um, you know, oh my God, he's not going to run it too far, is he? And then that perfectly placed finish in the corner of his wrong foot, I think. It's that Boeing goal in Leon for me. And I have made... never gone more mental when we scored. <laughs> you, you, you've, made it, was, you've made it, you've made it feel like we were there, Jim. <laughs> um, I've got to be honest. As an honourable mention, I love Bohm's first goal against Man City as well. Which, mm-hmm. yeah, brilliant, you know, the very similar actually. So it was the same blueprint in many ways, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. We're, are we agreed? Uh, player of the season? Are we agreed on that? We, we the, the the common wisdom it comes down to three: Declan, Jared Bowen, and Craig Dawson. Are we all going with Declan? Yeah, yeah, totally. I, 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 some, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been uh, Gary Killington. He was saying, "Well, I'm going to vote for Craig Dawson, Ballon Dawson." I said, "Nobody in their right mind in this season could vote for." I loved Dawson. I've loved loved his work, whatever. But if you if if you didn't vote for Rice as a player, he's been just immense. I mean, I, I think there's a real danger uh, that, that we've almost started to take. Taken for the granted. quality and the consistency and the command of his performances for granted. He, he's he's a really really special player. We're very lucky to be seeing him in a West Ham shirt, and, and, okay, and right. long may that continue. But um, Mark, are you go with that. Yeah, you go yeah with I've got to agree. It's quite strange when you sent through what we might sort of talk about. Um, my phone popped up BBC, and it said you could vote for your hammer of the year and it had four so it had uh dawson rice bowen and fournells and then when i clicked rice so i voted for rice um bowen was winning it so i don't mm, so because he obviously got play, he got players player didn't he at the award yeah uh, it was great but, you, but it, it's got to be right before the Euros, remember before the Euros, all the you know these these kind of you know keyboard warriors talking about what exactly does Declan Rice do? And we watch him every week, and we know exactly what he does. And then he plays for England brilliantly, and they start to realise if you don't watch West Ham every week, and, and, which is stupid of you, obviously, but if you don't watch West Ham every week, you see you know over those last few weeks, you see what Jared Bowen has done, and that that may you know 
that may be something about people who you know don't go that much. No disrespect to him, he's been superb. And on another year, he would yeah. win. But, but hey, he's having know, a moment, isn't he? He's, he's got a yeah. bit of a media profile. He's just got into the England team for the first time. You know, uh, uh, it's understandable. You know, his 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 profile is high at the moment. You know, but what he started um, doing now, which he wasn't doing at the start of the season, his finishing, oh my god, has improved a hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, his finishing is brilliant. You want him now when he's through one and one rather than Antonio. You want him on the ball because you know he's going to score. I just know he's going to yeah. score. But it's got to be Rice. Rice, a hundred percent. Every every year with the Phillies, as everybody knows, you know the, the the guests on that particular night are entitled to bring forward a category of their own. Mark, you've you've brought forward the Staying Fit Award. Um, who's getting that? Well, I thought staying fit because we've had so many injuries this year, and then so I've nominated because we've talked about keeping in the key people, and um, Jimmy talked about Ogbonna not being there, but I've sort of got three people in there: Dawson, Rice, and I think the person that wins it is someone that we thought wouldn't be fit all season; it wouldn't stay fit all season, but has. It's got to be Antonio. Staying fit award. If he had if he had gone down again, we were, we were over. He stayed fit for the whole season. That is, um, you could have won a lot of money on that. Yeah, I, I totally, yeah. I totally agree. I chuck Suchek into the into the mix uh, yeah. as well. Someone who who does a good job staying fit. But yeah, it's got to be Antonio. There can't have been a West Ham fan who wasn't at some point expecting the stadium to go sort of slightly quiet and to hear the gunshot crack mm. of his hamstring going yeah. at some point during the, the season. Uh, and it's been r- remarkable. <laughs> yeah. I think anybody expected it. Totally agree. Um, small down, our biggest disappointment, match, uh, we agreed that's Eintracht, and biggest disappointment, player. Are we agreed Eintracht w- w- has to be? Uh, or, uh, yeah. Or even Bra- or just Brighton be. come into it, you know, because we were so close. But when, when we say, uh, when, which are you saying... Which would, I, I, I would, would, say, uh, I would biggest, say for biggest, me, Eintracht at home was the bigger disappointment in some respects. Yeah. yeah. Um, of the two, although you know, I suppose you could say the whole tie. But yeah, losing in a semi final has got to be your most. There were other disappointing things. The, the late goal that um, Rashford scored at Man United in a game oh, we didn't no. have to lose. Absolutely that heartbreaking. Was that was a disappointing moment. But uh, disappointing match, I'll go. I'll definitely go with Frankfurt, yeah. Well, I think if there was it was individual moments of disappointment, Rashford. I was like, I was, I was talking. We can to go him. to best and worst moments in a minute. Please, please don't rush through okay. the order, right? Oh, please, oh no, but disappointment. Well, we are most disappointing for years now. Oh, so no, so my oh god. Well, my most disappointed was we got moments, have we? Disappointing. Yeah, moments. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. going to hang on. I'm going to hang loose. I'm going to hang free for that. So what was, was, it, was it a disappointing player now? Yeah, disappointing player. I mean, you know, when you what has really struck me on, on Twitter recently, you know, which I know is an entirely reliable area for opinion. But, you know, there are people saying, get you know, get rid of Suchek, you know, get rid of... Oh, you know, you think, oh all right, I've got no time yeah. for that. But I do, I do wonder whether, I don't know, whether you put Kral or Vlasic... Or, and I'm sorry to say this, maybe Suchek, given the immensely high standards he set previous season, you know, I'm just, I'm putting them out there. Do we think there was a player that disappointed? Um, I'm not necessarily entirely blaming him for it, but I yeah. think Vlasic has been a disappointment. Um, 
you could argue that he's not really had a fair crack of the whip. And one also suspects that he's been brought in to play, he's been told to play wide, left, and that, that one senses he's perhaps more of a central attacking midfielder, although we haven't really had a chance to see him mm. in, that, in that role. So I feel, you know, I think, you know, without necessarily being, being in a big downer on, on him, I think, I think he, has, he has been a disappointment. And he he, he has had more of a goal than a go than uh, Alex Crowell though, hasn't he? Yeah, that's so, true. And so he, I think he has been given a chance because I because again it's really hard, isn't it? I don't think we've seen uh, Crowell enough to actually really make a, make a judgment. There must be something happening that yeah, it, it feels like something has a decision has been made here. You yeah, know, it, because he's gone back now, isn't he? He's going, he's, yeah. his loan's finished. And, mm. you know, and we, we just didn't see enough of him. And we saw a little bit of him in the Europa League, didn't we? I mean, yeah. that was that was it, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. well, Mark, you, you'd be pleased to know it comes to moments now. We've got our worst moment, our best moment, and a category that you've brought forward, most personal emotional moment. So worst well, moment, well, I mean, there, there's a few. There's Cresswell sending off, or either of them. Uh, the early goal yeah. against Eintracht, uh, Zuma's video, uh, Ogbonna's injury, which you mentioned, Jim, uh, Noble's penalty against Man United, um, you know, or the 31st of January at midnight and no sign. <laughs> um, you know, there's a few there. Go on, worst moment, um, Jim, Mark. Mm. Yeah, there's you, yeah, you, yeah, you've gone through quite a, quite a, quite a yeah. competitive list there. <laughs> um, I'm going to stick with Rashford's last-minute winner. Okay. Because I feel you look back at that now. And if that hadn't if that hadn't gone in, um, we'd have finished above them, wouldn't we? Mm. And and it just it was also one of the loudest roars I've ever heard at any football stadium in my life when it went in. That was massive for them. You felt you know, and it was an yeah. indication. It's very unusual. I mean, normally they beat West Ham with a kind of collective shrug of the shoulders, don't they? Yeah, mm. nonchalant. To know that that meant so much to them was 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 interesting. But yeah, it was a sickener, a real sickener, actually. Yeah, and I, I think it also it shows the difference. We shouldn't even be keep, be on the same competing at the same level as that side. The money, the money they spent, how they're able to bring those players on, and who we were able to bring on in that game. Yeah. But I was right by the Man United fans there, and it was horrendous. I've only the only time I've really been sort of frightened at football grounds. It's always been at Old Trafford, and it really it went it went berserk there. Um, But mine, yeah, a really competitive list there, Mark. And if God, if it wasn't just football, all of them are up there. but I, it's just Cresswell sending off just didn't. Yeah, yeah. it just didn't give us a didn't give us a chance, did it? It was it it was over. And it, and it played out over a period. Of, that's the, the thing. It wasn't kind of like if he'd hacked someone down and immediately the ref gets the red card. It was just that. Here we go. We know what's happening here, and we've now just got to play out the next few minutes while he goes. You know, and it was and because he'd done it before, and that's the kind of annoying thing about it as well and we were in that game you know and, and Jim's absolutely right but you said earlier that first thing against Eintracht and that's again going back to the boys conversation on the way back 11 v 11 they beat us at the London Stadium yeah yeah. So, you know yeah. It's, so it's, it's hard to pin it on you know on Cresswell yeah. you know mm-hmm. yeah. I know what okay, yeah. 
Mm. Let's go to the best moment then. Yeah, Yama v Seville. Dawson's flying tackles at home to Lyon. Masuaku's unexpected goal against Chelsea. Noble's farewell. Best moment. Um, I'm not an emotional. You know, I'm not. I'm not one of these people who wears my armor. So I'm not particularly emotional. <laughs> I don't tend to. Uh, I don't tend to cry a, a lot. Um, I think I cried when Yamo scored against Villa. Yeah, that's the, it's that for me because I think you know it was a reminder of things outside of football, and but also a reminder of how important football is in in one's life and in and in uh, you know it, it, the virtues that that of football in many ways uh, how it can bring people together and it can it can it can have resonance and significance beyond the immediate that wasn't a particularly important game in the grand scheme of mm-hmm. of football um it was a good goal but it wasn't great but it, it just everybody knew how much that it somehow collectively brought our feelings about what what an appalling thing is going on in another part of the world, and, and somehow gate was a conduit for how you felt about that. Really, you, you're absolutely so, right. That, there was a, that, there was that feeling that normally you'd roar to it for a goal like that because it like, was the winner. It, we needed that goal. He took it beautifully, yeah. and it was really lovely. And as you roared for the goal, and then you the second wave was, I'm really pleased it's him. And then yeah. the kind of yeah. third wave was, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, there was that kind of strange kind of you were happy on, on, on in an odd way. And I tell you what, I looked up and across and Villa fans applauding. You know, that yeah, everybody too. knew that meant more than the football match in front of us now. Yeah, uh, yeah I uh, that's that's the best moment for me. That's a good shout, Jim. Mark? And I, I totally agree because that goes into my, I brought in that emotional moment. Um, oh, you're blurring the lines again here, Mark. Well, you're blurring no, the lines. But it, it's done. <laughs> the reason I dropped that in was a little bit of, I think there was an obvious one for going for Mark Noble. So I'm going to go, so take that. I'm just going to follow on from uh, Jim's lead. For me, the most emotional uh, moment and the best moment was Yarmolenko's, uh, Yarmolenko's okay. goal. Yeah. I just it it was it was everything exactly. I, I don't think I could pull it in better ways than uh, Jim has just done as a poet. I wouldn't even sort of follow that, but it was absolutely wonderful. And if it makes Jim cry, it's got to win that award, doesn't it? <laughs> was it one of your top five cries as a West Ham fan? Uh, for a goal going, I think it's my only one. Have you got five, I'll tell you what, but my biggest, the biggest sickening moment I've ever had where I think I almost went was when Bernie Slaven scored twice against us when we in, when we went down. In the 87th and 89th minutes. Yeah, or yeah, we were yeah. one nil up. I think Kevin Keane had scored. And uh, yeah. I have never felt more sick walking away from a guy because you knew that was it. I don't think we were mathematically relegated that point but you knew that was the death knell and oh Oh. god it was a sickener but but crying at Upton Park Mark's heard this story before but I went my very first game ever at Upton Park 1965 West Ham Sunderland I'm on a beer crate um, (laughs) and uh, we equalise and there's a big roar around the ground and the guy next to me is applauding but because I'm on a beer crate his elbow accidentally goes into my face basically and my, and, my, and my dad looks down at me and I'm crying and uh and and the family folklore is that he said get used to it son and, uh, now 
I think he was more sympathetic than that, but, you know, that that's kind of family. So on your very first day at Upton Park, you cry. <laughs> it's setting out a kind of standard. So um, transfers then. We, we obviously need to hold on to Deck and Jared. Uh, you know, that's that's got to be, isn't it? I mean, do we think yeah. there's a serious prospect that we, we could lose Declan here? Well, well you never see you, a chance. I don't think there. I don't think there. There is. They, they, they don't. It would be it was such a terrible, terrible, terrible statement. To I think there'd be riots if they, yeah. if they sold him. You know. I mean, um, they don't need to. He's, he's got two years plus a year's option to extend, hasn't he? Left on his contract. He's still only twenty-two or whatever. Something ridiculous. Um, I, I don't think it would make sense for anybody for him to go this season, especially if we've got, and it's a shame it's not the Europa League, but we've got European football again. So he's he's got a World Cup coming up and he's you know, he's a fixture in the England team. So that's not under threat. You know, I, I think it wouldn't make sense for any kind of upheaval in his playing career prior to November in the World Cup anyway. Mm. Um, I think from a, pers- you know, from a professional, personal perspective, he must be thinking, no, I, 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 the end of next season is when I'm going to start thinking about. I mean, that, that does team. seem to be the received wisdom, doesn't it? That we've probably got another year of him. Yeah. And it will be, and it's almost kind of up to us what we do to persuade yeah. him to stay. Yeah. Um, uh, I know Liverpool are supposed to be interested in Jared Bowen. I saw a hilarious tweet the other day going, Jared Bowen's going to Anfield, and in exchange, we're getting Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. Um, I, I can't see that happening. Um, uh, we're obviously signing Ariola. You know, that's we're going to do the deal, and he becomes a uh, you know, which which would be good for us. I think you know, I mean, I, he, he's Definitely, certainly yeah. looked great in the Europa League. Um, Where does that leave Fabianski though? Good. Does that is that a backup? Uh, Fabianski will still stay at the club. Well, that again, what do I know? But I, the suggestion seems to be that Ariola becomes our first choice goalkeeper, yeah. and Fabianski becomes our kind of cup goalkeeper. I hope um, that happens. I think that yeah, needs I to do, happen. Yeah. I've been, um, I've never been as massive a fan as Fabianski as a lot of West Ham fans are. I think good keep, really good keeper. Don't don't get me wrong, but I've all. It's always bothered me that he doesn't command his area. That he doesn't get off his line quickly enough sometimes, um, and that that's been more. He's made some great saves this season, but I think that aspect of his play. You know, dropping the ball at Norwich, which nearly gave gave, gave the ball away. You know, he's still occasionally there are bits of the old Flappianski that that, that the Arsenal fans would recognise. I, I, I think he's great, but I don't think he's the super goalkeeper that a lot of West Ham fans seem to feel he is. Mm. Um, and I think uh, we've seen enough of Ariola to suggest, you know, that he's he's ready to to take over as number one. Yeah, he commands his box. Yeah, he commands his box. He makes his best best save I've seen this year was Ariola. And his distribution's good as well. I think he's yeah. I think he's a real deal. And that's that's one goalkeeper to another there. I, I'd also think I'd praise Ariola's attitude as well, which has yeah. been kind of okay, that's my role. I'll do this. Now thank goodness we got as far as we got to the semi final. I'd like to think the Moyes would have played him if we got to the final. You know, and he, he yeah. stuck to his task and no whinging. You know, and I, and I agree with you, Jim. I think it'd be really nice if uh, if he stepped in. Um, names mentioned, James Ward-Prowse seems to be mentioned, Jesse Lingard coming back, allegedly we've opened talks with him, uh, Aguerd at uh, Rennes, uh, Emmanuel Denis, Watford, Joe Worrell at Forest if they don't come up. 
These are all lovely, but as we are seasoned veterans of West Ham transfer windows, a lot of names come up around this stage, don't they? And very few of them actually end up signing. Um, of those names, I mean, I would love, I would take Lingard back in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I would. I heard we were quite close to signing Aguirre from Wren. Yes, the rumour is that that's that's the one that's nearest. Yeah. Um, and I, again, all I've seen is the odd, you know, clips and and uh, bits and pieces. But he's left-sided. Uh, he looks pretty quick. You know, looks looks like a decent um, um, player. If, if if we want to, if we want to be able to play a slightly higher higher line than we tend to play at the moment, and I think we need the option to be able to do that um, to compress space against those teams that you know that we've talked about earlier. Not 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 getting those results against teams below us. So he it, it looks it looks like the right fit, definitely. I mean, it's very difficult until you've actually seen a player with your yeah. flesh. It's, it's good to hear that, it God, if we're close to something and we do sign early, unlike the transfer window in January. Yeah. Where I couldn't believe it. I thought we knew where we were all short. They should have been, as soon as that opened, there should have been players coming in. Yeah, it was and bizarre. So we've got to make up for that. And and again, around about keeping Rice, if we've ever got any ambition for keeping Rice longer than one more season, this is the season where we've got to really, well, we need seven or eight players, don't we? Two forwards, um, centre-backs. We need a left-back because whenever Cresswell isn't playing, it totally changes uh, the shape of the side. Um and so, and I think there's been miss opportunities. Don't we? You've talked, uh, I've heard on this pod lots of times about the miss opportunities with sides. We've got a really strong structure of a side that we can build on. So we can build on a semi final. And we've got a history of, we've talked about history of not treating players very well. And maybe that's starting to change that attitude. We've got a history of not investing when the opportunity is right. And it is right, right now, it's right to invest. Totally agree with you, Mark. And the last time we had that opportunity is when we moved to the new stadium. We just yeah. finished seventh. We were in, you know. Yeah. And, and, and I, get, I get that it was the new stadium, but we didn't buy the new stadium. You know, so it wasn't like what, what Tottenham or Arsenal have had to do. And, you know, that was the last opportunity. And then we ended up with Zaza and Dord Veit and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then it was a relegation struggle from then on. You're absolutely yeah. right, Mark. I mean, yeah. and I just feel if I was Declan Rice's representatives, I might be sitting there and going, listen, I've got, I'm in no hurry to sign a new contract here. You cannot fault the dedication and the commitment that I've got to this club. Now yeah. you show me a little yeah. bit back. Absolutely. You know, who who are you bringing in around? Yeah, I think that's Just, good. You know, I think I agree with that. I, I, of that list of names that you um, you reeled off earlier, Mark, um, some appeal more than others. I mean, yeah. we agree about Aguero. Um I don't for a moment think we've got a realistic chance of signing Wall Prowse. But if we're thinking that basically Cresswell needs to become a squad player. And then we need a new starting left back with pace. Um, then Warprows makes sense in that the other part of Cresswell's game that you need to replace and not dead easy ball. to upgrade on is his delivery from dead ball situations, yep. which is really exceptional. Um, and uh, Warprows is just almost outside the top 
few clubs. He's 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 the best there is in the league, I think. Totally agree. With a dead totally ball. Agree. So he would be considering our ability to to score goals from dead ball situations, set pieces, and so on, uh, and how important they are in the modern game. He would make sense. He's the right kind of uh, signing. I've watched quite a bit of Forest this season, and I'm not convinced by Worrell at all. Right. I think he's. A I, th- I, th- I think the theory is. I mean, also he's 25. He's not 21. Yeah. I think the theory is that clearly if Forrest come up, then there's... I don't, uh, I, I'd, if we want a prospect, though, that sent off, you know, who's going to come in, perhaps if they're looking to cash in on Diop, as that's one of the rumours, isn't it? Um, Dawson get, not getting any, uh, won't get any younger. Um, I like the new bloke, the bloke who's come in for me at um, Burnley. Is it, Co- is it Collins? Is Collins, yeah, Nathan yeah. Collins. I mean, he, he did he give away that stopping good. penalty, but he looked really good going forward as well, yeah. which was... Yeah, yeah. He, he, looks, he looks as though he's got all the all the tools, doesn't he? Um, big, powerful, quick, you know, seemed, seemed like a good prospect to me. Worrell, I'm not so sure about. Dennis, I think he's a decent player, but but would only be coming into, he's not really a striker, is he? He's another no. wide attacker, you know. Yeah. Um, who would, a, who, you know box for tricks, which I like, you know, and I, yeah. I you know. I, yeah, I, he's I, good, he's you know, quick. But, um, I, you know, what would just be nice to get a little bit, you know, look at Villa have already signed, haven't they? You know, they look yeah. like they're going to sign Bassey from Rangers, who I would love to have seen. I've oh, God, gotcha. yeah, he would be. Um, and, you know, and okay, the, the Gerard connection there, you know. But you look at these, you know, and that's the thing. If we move to next season now, when you look at the odds for next season, we're already about ninth, you know, because the, the yeah. feeling is Newcastle will strengthen, obviously. Leicester, yeah. Wolves will do that. You know, Villa are, Villa are spending again, you know. And as I said, if they got Bassi and they've got Camera and they just bought him in today, you know, it's harder. We you know, we almost need to spend just to keep up. Yeah. I agree. I, absolutely. And I, it feels like we've, you know, slipped a notch by not bringing in anyone in January. It feels like we're a little bit behind the game now. And you're right, you've got, you've got big budgets in some of these teams connections like you know people Gerard's a name isn't he you know people uh Lampard is a name you know people you know now that Everton have stayed up they'll be you know a a, a force to reckon with I think that they're not going to end up in a relegation fight again I don't think that uh, I'm not sure um, it was it was enjoyable while it lasted though Oh, it was beautiful while it lasted. Oh, it'd be interesting though to see how Lampard actually does with them now. I, I think I think they're going to struggle, and uh, long, yeah. long as I haven't, that's not been recorded. I'm all right. <laughs> straight straight away, if you, you know, it's it's we're not daft. Newcastle, Leicester, Wolves, whatever, they are going to spend money. Villa are already spending money. You know, okay, what's what's our what's our best hope? Uh, we're you know we've got the. Uh, we're in, we've got a one playoff, I think, in the conference, which is on the 2nd of August, or that's where the draw is. We've got yeah. two-legged 18th, 25th. Then we go into the group stages, hopefully, if we get that far. We've got yeah. Fiorentina, Villarreal, Cologne. They're all, uh, apparently, we can't play them because of seeded, because, yeah. uh, and particularly yeah. if Liverpool win the Champions League. But, yeah. you know, we, we, we're sort of ranked 9th, 10th next season. What do we honestly think? And I know it's a ridiculously hypothetical conversation, given that we don't know who we bought and how well do we think we're going to do in Europe? Well, I'm going to continue to um, go on away trips with Molly 
and try and get... Uh, that wasn't what I asked, though, Mark, was it? Well, <laughs> hang on, this is where I'm going. To get those additional points, because I still think we've got a side, we'll have a side that will be good enough that could win any game, and we could get to a cup final. So that, again, would be um, something I'd like... A, a good, I, I'm still, like, again, time's already passed, if you gave me this, where is this fella or this lady? I know. We've got to find him. If you get him, because right now, Mark, he'll be what's offering, he offering him. And we if he's offering me seventh and a semi final in the conference, I'm, I'm taking that. But, um, so yeah, you'd, you'd we would, wouldn't seven, we? Would we take that? You'd take seventh and conference semi-final, which would get us into the conference again. You'd, you'd take that, <laughs> would you? Uh, well, I, I think... Um, folks out there offering, what, what, what would you take from him? Right. I think if he offers me uh, an FA Cup final, I'd be very happy oh, with that. God, yeah. I'll take uh, that. Or a League Cup final, just a Cup final. Trip yeah. to Wembley. That would be yeah. br- that'd be brilliant. Even an FA Cup semi final and a trip to Wembley, to be honest. Yeah. Be pretty happy with it, except hopefully we, we win it this time. Um I I think you know it's, it's a bit it's a bit kind of uh esoteric, but I would want a third unprecedented positive goal difference in the Premier League. Because oh, I think if we get job. a positive goal difference again, we won't be far off top six, seven again. We won't be, you know, we, we'll have had a good season and we'll have enjoyed it again. Um, I, I, we ought to, we ought to make a right go of this uh, conference, even though, it, you know, we we've seen the the attritional cost of playing um, Thursday Sunday towards the end of this season, and there's going to be five substitutes in the Premier League next season. So another reason why we need to to just sort of kind of extend that squad, and we all hope we do. Well, but I, reckon, benefit, I reckon positive it? goal difference. We've never done that. I mean, yeah, I, I think. You know, we went for years and years and years. Even when we were playing good football with good players under Red Nap, Red whatever, Nap. We, never, we never got a bloody positive goal difference, did we? Well, in, in Jim, we played that, fifth that, once with a, with a negative goal difference. On, on that point, Jim, we, we used to do these quizzes during lockdown. We all the West Ham group that we go with, we used to do these quizzes. And, and I can't remember, it was Dave Terrace did one, one week. And it was, what is our net goal difference in the Premier League, you know, over the entire... And it is something daft, like minus 30-something stupid, you know, when you think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. Two successive positive golden, two successive seasons of qualifying by our league position yeah. into Europe. You know, that that is incredible. Um, Maintain so that. So, Maintain so you'll, take, that. you'll take a cup final, Jim. You'll take a semi-final yeah. conference. Uh, we'll, we'll take top seven again? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Just be just before we say goodbye. Also, the, the big thing potentially next year, of course, is the is the potential Sullivan Gold. You know, they're allowed to kind of sell off without there being a problem next year, and yeah. all the stuff about Kratinsky taking over money. And I don't know that could be significant. And you'd like to think that maybe this transfer window would be a good opportunity to show it. One quiz question for you uh, before we go: Which West Ham player with ten had the most completed nutmegs last season? I'll take one guess from each of you. Jim. Funny enough, the record for the season the, the, the record for the season was uh, Denny at uh, Watford was something like 18. This uh, you've gone with Ben Rama, Mark? You're yep. going with 
I'm going to go for rice. Those little, when he's getting a foot in, does it just slip through someone's legs? Uh, I'm, I, and I'm afraid to tell you that this guy is responsible for one of my special moments this season was when he reached for the microphone and sung West Ham is massive. Oh, Fornells. It's Pablo Fornells. Oh, he's good, isn't he? I love yeah. him. I, I love him. He, he, and there is a guy who is a fan's hero already. Oh, anyway. my God. Anyway, it's been lovely talking to you. Uh, that's been, yeah, been great. time. Enjoyed it only it. leaves me time to say good night from Jim. Cheerio. Good night from Mark Gower. Good night. Thanks for having me. And good night from me. Come on, you irons. We'll see you in August. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.